0: Hello, hello, welcome to Millennial Message. My name is Amelia. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm very happy that you're here. And for those return listeners, I hope you've had a great week. I am very thankful to be here in your ears again. I've had a great week. I went away on the weekend with my primary school girlfriends, or some of them are from high school, but primary school and high school girlfriends. Had some nice wine and cheese kind of days, drank a little bit too much, had to suffer on Monday, but other than that, it has been a great week. So before we jump into this week's topic, I thought it'd be worth touching base on the issue that we discussed last week, which was self-care for the brain. I hope you've had a great week trying to think about your thought patterns and just look at your certain behaviors and see if there's any little changes that you can make that will make you happier, healthier, and just functioning better. So I have a story for you that we're going to jump right into. 24-year-old Fatima works in a garment factory in Bangladesh. She makes just 43 cents an hour. Despite working on average six days a week and much overtime as she can, Sometimes coming home at midnight, Fatima struggles to earn enough money to support herself and her mother, who is unwell. Sometimes Fatima chooses to go without food as she tries to stretch whatever little money she earns until her next pay. Fatima, who is working in factories, who has been working in factories since her father died when she was 16, can only afford to live in a cramped two-bedroom apartment, which is shared with 10 people, including her landlord. They share a tiny kitchen and an even smaller toilet and bathing area. Running water is available for one hour, just three times a day. One of Fatima's roommates owns a thin single mattress, but Fatima sleeps on the concrete floor. Fatima earns her wage making our clothes, but no matter how hard she worked, she is trapped in a cycle of poverty. So, yep, we are going there. Poverty. It's not sexy. It's not fun. doesn't make you feel good. Makes you feel shitty, but we have to. We have to go there. Fast fashion. Fast fashion and millennials go together like two peas in a pod. The phrase did not even exist before we were around. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a millennial that is not aware of the phrase fast fashion or even any other generation at this rate, but I'll define it anyway. Fast fashion. Inexpensive clothing produced rapidly by mass market retailers in response to latest trends. Great, that makes sense. But this definition is missing something, missing a really important player. And that is you, you the consumer, the one being conned into consuming. I like that phrase, it works really well and it kind of puts things into perspective. But do not worry, there is no judgment here at all. I am conned into consuming a lot. I am in the exact same boat as those of you who participate and make unethical, unsustainable, fast fashion decisions. I am guilty of the exact same thing. I am not here to lecture or to preach. I just want to learn and hopefully we can all learn together to make smaller, just small little changes that make big impacts. Step one, get off the consumption treadmill. Step two. Become a pro-fashion protester. Step three, be a good global citizen and give a shit about somebody else. Step four, give yourself a motherfucking high five because you're a boss for completing steps one, two, and three. All right, guys, so now you have all the steps on how to be badass, poverty, and eco-warriors. Go out into the world, spread your wings, and kick butt, we got this. I'm joking. Of course, I'm going to go into more details, going to give you some tools and some more information. So let's get right into it. So step one, get off the consumption treadmill. Why the hell would you voluntarily get on a treadmill is my first point. Treadmills are boring. They are dangerous if you're an unco person like me. I swear the amount of times I just get a little bit off balance and feel like I'm going to get sucked into the bloody treadmill. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, get off the treadmill. We are buying more and wearing less than we have ever in the past. On average, we wear something four to six times per wear. That is actually ridiculous when you think about it. Say you buy a top, maybe not a pair of jeans, they're probably too cheap, but let's say a top for $50 from a shop, you wear it four times that would cost you $12.50 per wear. That is ridiculous. Say you're wearing that, you know, out to coffee with a girlfriend, the coffee would cost you less money than it would for the shirt that you are wearing, let alone maybe those new pants you also have on and those new shoes and the new earrings. If you add all of that up, you are spending so much money per wear, per that one coffee, for, for what? Your friend doesn't care, nobody else cares. Whereas if you buy something for $50 and wear it, let's say one day a week for a year, which is fair enough, if you buy a jacket, why can't you do that? Maybe it's, if you're in Melbourne, might be a little bit tough because we need bloody every type of clothing because of the four weathers or four seasons in one day. But let's say in a normal place, It's an item of clothing that you can wear pretty much all year round. If you wear that one day a week for the whole year, it'll cost you 96 cents per wear. That means that that coffee is a lot more expensive than that shirt that you're wearing for that example and yeah, it just seems ridiculous four to six times per item of clothing, the amount of effort that that clothing, the amount of effort that's gone into making that clothing to getting it shipped over to your country to then these the retail assistant who has sold you that item, then you bringing it home and then you only wearing it four to six times. Come on, that is ridiculous. We need to get off this treadmill this consumption treadmill. So we, we, we just can't consume fashion. Fashion is not something that we need to be consuming. We really need to fix the system. And it needs to be more efficient. Now I know that sounds like a massive rant, but it's, it's actually ridiculous when you think about it. Clothes are there to protect us from the elements, to keep us warm, to keep us modest. So we're not flashing our genitals at everyone. It's, it's meant to be useful and yes, I, I still love fashion and I still love expressing myself through fashion. I'm I'm a typical millennial living in the West for that reason. But it's actually ridiculous when you think about it. It's just material that we put on our body that gets sweaty, that, that gets coffee stains, that gets food thrown down it when you're a clumsy person like me. And really, the only person that cares about what you're wearing is you. Like people don't even... Yes, you might get the odd compliment. Oh, you look lovely today. That's great, but they're not going to remember that. They're going to remember the great time that they had with you, that event you went to together and you guys had a great laugh and you had a great evening. That's what people remember. People don't give a fuck what you're wearing. So yeah, we really need to get off the consumption treadmill. Step two, become a pro-fashion protester. It's really not that hard. We just need to be consuming less and being more mindful. Now think about it, you wear one outfit a day. Maybe if you're going to the gym or say after work, you're going out so you wanna get changed and not be in your work attire, you wear two outfits a day. If you look at your wardrobe, the amount of outfits that you have in that, especially mix and matching things and I don't know, wearing things with different jackets or different pants, so the uh, the overall look is different, you would have enough clothing to to last you for the rest of your life. You really would. Yes, of course you're going to maybe your weight's going to change, your body shape's going to change, so you may need to change your wardrobe for that reason, but realistically, the amount of items that the average person has living in a developed country in their wardrobe would survive them the rest of their life. So why the hell do we need to keep consuming? It's not like food that we eat and it disappears. If you wear something, it's still there after you've worn it, it doesn't disappear. I know for me personally, I keep consuming because I like new and shiny things. They excite me, I'm like a little child and ooh, new, it's new. And then that wears off and, oh, it's not so new anymore. It's been sitting in my wardrobe for, you know, 24 hours. Oh, it's not new anymore. It doesn't look as nice as it did when it was all aesthetically laid out in the shop. But why? It's ridiculous. It's still the same same piece of clothing as the one that we, we loved and fell in love with 24 hours ago. And the other reason I do consume is because my, my weight fluctuates. That's um something that I have, you know, struggled with. I'm a, a bigger girl and do have underlying health conditions that, do result in my weight changing often. So it is often, you know, buying different sizes and not wanting to store all of that in my wardrobe. So I do understand why we keep consuming, but we need to stop. To enable us to be more mindful and slow down our consuming, we need to realize that there's no longer four seasons at shops anymore in terms of clothing runs. We now have shoulder seasons is what they're called, which means rather than just having we have the spring season. So we've got all our spring clothes out, we have the fall season, we have all our fall clothes out. Now they have like pre-spring and pre-fall. There's there's like 12 seasons a year now within the fashion industry. It's actually ridiculous. So no wonder we're consuming when every 2 weeks there's a whole set of new clothing in stores. It's, it's gonna be really hard to backtrack from where, where we are now, where, like, what this system is like now. It's gonna be hard, but we really do need to. Why do we need to? Because it's not healthy for the world, for the environment, for other people who work in these industries, and especially for our bank balances. The amount of money that millennials waste on fashion and consuming fashion products, we really need to slow it down. Step three. Be a good global citizen and give a shit about somebody else. So it is going to be really hard to backtrack from the amount of exploitation that exists within the current system, the way the current system is set up. That is because we have this weird system where brands, it's up to brands to disclose and demonstrate their environmental and human rights track record and make sure that they Actually, address any risks that they find within their supply chains around these areas. These companies are often happy to turn a blind eye and are not aware of what is actually happening within their supply chain because, say, for example, company A contracts to a factory in Bangladesh, which has all the right policies, it has a good human rights and environmental track record. But then that factory then subcontracts to another factory within Bangladesh without company A being aware of this and they have very poor standards. And then, yeah, the company A has no idea where their products are coming from and actually hasn't tracked and mapped their supply chain. It's it's pretty bad. Another reason why we need to care and we should care if we do want to be a good global citizen is the amount of people, the percentage of people that are getting paid below a living wage. A majority of people that do work in the garment industry in developing countries actually would require their wage to be doubled or tripled in order for them to be receiving a living wage. Now, a living wage is not, you can't really think of it in terms of, oh, but obviously they their countries cost less to live in. So they, you know, they're getting paid adequate to their expenses, right? Not at all. A living wage is just the basic amount that you need to survive in that country in order to house yourself, to feed yourself, look after your children. So it's not about, you know, oh, they make a lot of money so they can, you know, have a great lifestyle. No, living wage is just so you can get by with the basic human right necessities. We really do therefore need to think more about the made in labels that are on our clothes because they they represent... People. They represent individuals that are trying to raise their families. They don't represent, oh, it's just made in that country by machines. No, they're people making these items. And these people, which are, of course, often women, have issues around being fired if they become pregnant and they're being denied their maternity leave rights. Or there will be retaliation if they go and join a workers' union or form a union. Or if they do, well, they're forced to do overtime. They have to do overtime. There's no if or but. You'll lose your job if you don't do overtime. As well as a massive issue around sexual harassment. It's often men that run these factories. They're the, the managers of the factories. And then all the workers actually on the sewing machines are the the women. And there's a massive issue around harassment. Before you get a bit depressed, it's not all doom and gloom. There is a little bit of hope within this industry and um, some measures that have been put in place that are making some really important changes first on a smaller scale is of course consumer changes so consumers are changing where they place their money so which companies they give revenue to and give sales to which of course is is changing the whole market if you don't give a company that is being unethical and not sustainable your money they lose revenue and that is the biggest driver of, of change. It really is. So it might sound really silly. Oh, but you know, if I just buy this this cheap t-shirt from this company, does it really matter in the scheme of things? Like I know I recycle, I donate to charities that um, look at addressing human right abuses. Yeah, but if the 25 million people in Australia all buy just one t-shirt, that's 25 million t-shirts, let's just say in a month that have been bought and that's all that money going towards these unsustainable companies. So your dollar really does have value and really does have impact. So choosing where you place that that dollar is really, really important. A great resource for doing this, assessing companies and seeing where exactly you want your money to go towards is look at the, the website um, Wardrobe Crisis It has uh, the author Claire Press, who is the first Vogue sustainability editor. She started in 2018. It's really awesome that roles like this are being created within the fashion industry. So Wardrobe Crisis has its own podcast as well as its author Claire Press writing a few books. It's a great resource if you wanna look at sustainability and ethical fashion. I would really recommend it. She's got some great stuff on that website. Another really great resource is the Good on you app it's an ethical rating fashion industry app so what it does is enable you to educate yourself on these companies that are doing the right things and therefore lets you choose and reward the the brands that have being responsible and the ones that are doing good and allows you to take your money away for the ones that are doing bad So it's really accessible. It's an app. You can just search the brand and it'll give you all the information that you require to make an informed decision. So download that straight away. That is a really great resource. So there's some things that we can do on an individual level. We can actually drive change within the whole industry, make it become more fair and sustainable. But of course, there are things that need to be done in terms of the bigger picture. So the main issue is that there is information barriers and that there needs to be some transparency within companies supply chains so if there isn't transparency then companies we can't we can't know what's happening within these factories and what's happening in terms of human rights abuses and if they're um, you know up to the standard that we think that that factories should be. Initially, companies were really hesitant in terms of transparency within their supply chains because they're, of course, they're aware that there are many human rights and ethical risks within their supply chains. And they were just happy, you know, closing their eyes and just turning away and being like, we don't know what's happening down there. That's, you know, our factory's responsibility. But it's it's starting to change. There is a bit of momentum in realizing that transparency within supply chains can actually be a competitive advantage for organizations. And that govs, if they do, if governments do incentivize it and everybody is on the same playing field in terms of everybody has to actually have transparency in their supply chains, then companies can't complain and say it's not fair because it is, everybody has to do it, suck it up, we're all on the same on the same terms. So there have been a couple of governments that have actually incentivized transparency in supply chains. The first one was the UK, which introduced a modern slavery act. Australia has done the same. And that was in January of 2019. It's a really important legislation, piece of legislation. And it, what it does, is it it requires companies that they have to actually map their supply chains in terms of, okay, we get this t-shirt from this company, but this factory, but where exactly do they get the cotton from? Where exactly do they get the, I was going to say the string, not the string, the, the cotton um, sewing, String thingy from like you have to actually source where all their material comes from, all the factories that the material goes through in terms of even the, the shipping. How does it actually get to our country? So mapping their whole supply chain, they have to report any risks that they find in terms of their operation and in terms of the supply chain as a whole. And they have to then address these uh, these issues, these risks, put mitigation strategies in place, and that could involve hey we actually can't use this this factory anymore, this company anymore, because they have bad, bad policies or a bad, you know, track record. And we have to step away and find a more ethical and more sustainable and a, a company that has less risk in terms of they don't actually have a bad human track, human rights record. So this Modern Slavery Act legislation has been really vital. And it's a piece of um, legislation that's doing something really great, And it's putting things in place, processes in place to deal with the issues within the fast fashion industry, within the fashion industry as a whole. So there is a little bit of hope, which is great. Give yourself a motherfucking high five because you were a boss for completing steps one, two and three. Okay, so it might not be that easy just to implement steps one, two and three straight away, but it's also not hard. It's just a a few small steps that you need to put into place and you'll be on your way. So one thing that I have really implemented recently is a shopping ban. And that might be, you know bit extreme for some people, but it's been great. I actually really love it. I haven't felt the need to buy anything pretty much all year. Had to buy a new sports bra because my boob size had changed and it, of course it's important to have support when you're at the gym. But I otherwise haven't missed it. It used to be an activity I do when I was, you know, had a day off by myself, try find a bargain, but it's really yeah, it's been great not feeling like I need to consume and buy things. So just just try not you know at least even a month just say i'm not going to buy anything for the next month i'm going to make things work in my wardrobe you know you'll rediscover pieces that you already had and once you get off the bandwagon you don't care that you're not up to date with the latest fashion you just you don't give a shit you just realize that clothing is just material you put on your body and your world will go on the next thing would be to invest in more sustainable pieces try to think about cost per wear as we mentioned before that's really vital and think about your wardrobe as an investment it's it's something that you know clothing is something that will last a lifetime if you look after it and if you buy quality things so invest in more sustainable pieces you won't have to buy as often and therefore you have you're participating in slow fashion rather than fast fashion because fast fashion it's way more expensive in the long run you think about $80 on one good item versus three cheap things that equal $80, you're not going to care about the cheap things and they're not going to last you and it's just end up going to, to landfill. Do you know what? This statistic almost made me fall off my chair. I swear to God, it's actually horrific that the average Australian will purchase 27 kilos of new textiles, so new items of clothing each year. And then they will discard about 23 kilos of that 27 to landfill. Obviously, it's probably not the stuff that you just bought then, but maybe it's the 23 kilos of the 27 kilos that you bought the previous year. That will go to landfill. You might think, oh no, but I drop it off at donation boxes. Isn't it going to charities? Charities have enough shit. They actually have way too much stuff. So the rest of it's going to landfill, which is. Horrible, horrible for the environment. And it's all polyesters and it's all stuff that's actually made of plastic. The cheap clothing is made of plastic. It's not natural fibers like cotton. That stuff can't break down. It's exactly like plastic bottles and things like that. It's going to landfill and it's not going to break down. So, to build actually, to build on the things in terms of donating clothing, 60,000 tons of that is donated goes to landfill. That is, in Australia, this is. That's a lot. Oh my God, that's way too many too many items. What we need to remember is the four R's of fashion, which are to reduce, reuse, repair, and resell. Repair is one that I've been working on a bit recently because I know I have a lot of items that recently have all started wearing. My work clothes have all started wearing at once in terms of like hems coming undone or buttons falling off. So I'm really trying to train myself and teach myself how to sew and repair items because they'll be good as new as long as I can... You know, it might not be a straight seam, but they will be good as new if I can just get a, a needle and thread and, and fix the item. So, just to conclude, I think it's really vital that we touch on eco anxiety because I think we all, like, we're all quite aware of these facts and of these issues, but. We find, oh, it's such a massive issue. It's a global issue. It involves all these different stakeholders. I really don't know what I could do and how I can help. And it just it's overwhelming. And we just we just throw our hands up in the air and go shopping because we're stressed about climate change. Like that's literally how we're dealing with it. So it's really vital if we just take small steps and these steps they actually lead to bigger actions. Bigger actions from us, but also bigger actions from organizations, from companies, from creating movements environmentally sustainable and ethical movements versus us just you know not acting at all being too stressed out and just being like oh I can't I can't I don't know what to do so just small steps that's really all it takes and that creates bigger impact you really just need to think about your clothes think about the person who made them think about having a slow fashion mindset and just think about why are you shopping in the first place? Why are you shopping so much? Just get off the treadmill and being a sheep from what everyone else does in terms of fashion and trends, just be you, just wear clothes, just see them as, you know, things that protect your body from the sun, from the cold, from people seeing you naked. Just think of them as material. They're not this, you know, the be all and end all. You, your life will go on. People will still love you. People will still, you know, want to hang out with you. Just Get over it. We all need to just move on from this obsession with fashion. It's really not healthy. Alrighty, guys. So that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please provide me some feedback on whichever platform that you listen to the podcast. I would really love to hear from you guys Uh, as well as subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. We are quite new, so getting the word out would be really appreciated. Tell a friend as well as check us a follow on Millennial Message Instagram page got some great content on there. The handle is millennial message underscore podcast. And yeah, guys, I hope you have a great week and please focus on how you can do better, be better and get better this week. Thanks guys.